Hey everybody, wanna help support the show? Well, head on over to patreon.com slash radio. Even a dollar a month helps us keep the show going and gets you access to a bunch of exclusive content. Thanks, on with the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars and the official podcast of a StarWarsPodcast.com. I'm your host, Joshua Mobley, and I am joined by my two favorite fans in the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How are you two doing? Doing well. Good. That's cool. Yeah. I'm tired. Why are you tired? E3. E3 oh, happened. Boy. I've been so busy. E3 was very exciting. It was exciting, uh, but boy, it, may, it, it was busy time. <laughs> uh, I was like, just, I had so much to do and so much to see, you know, uh, but it's over now. It's over. So it's yeah. going to be okay. You survived. Alex, tell, tell Phoebe to stop. Yeah, right? I don't, that's the neighbor dog. I'm going to go throw oh. my, like, I have a bunch of skulls at the window right now, which I can explain oh, later, but I'm going to throw a skull at the dog. <laughs> hey. Boof. Like Boof. like real skulls of real like creatures or are these Star Wars related skulls? Oh no, skulls? I'm I'm painting headhunter trophy skulls for my wife's thirtieth uh, tiki party. Oh, very fun. Yeah, we'll be there. It'll be a good time. You're good such time. a tiki fan. You're a tiki obsessor. They're fun, man. They're fun. The drinks are fun. It's fun. You can you I it's get like to that drink Bob out Burgers of a episode. Yeah. Tiki's fun. I like it. I get to drink out of a tiki Death Star. Like, come on. Star Wars oh, yeah. Antiki. I forgot we got that for you. <laughs> it sits on the shelf and it just stares at me when I wake up, like telling me to use but now, it. But now, but now you have an excuse. When when Megan's birthday party happens, you can bust it out and Heck have yeah. a big drink in it. Uh huh. Or fill it with cereal. Uh-huh. Yeah, that too. <laughs> big old ceramic cereal bowl. So wholesome. All right. What's everybody been up to in their Star Wars lives? Uh, I'm still working through both Dark Disciple and uh, uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, which is very nice. exciting. Um, both are rad. Have you guys listened to any of, of Dooku Jedi Lost yet? No, yet. I bought it, uh, but I'm still working on Master and Apprentice, and we'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. I don't okay. want I don't want to uh, derail your train of thought. No, no, it was, it's been a good couple of Star Wars weeks with that. Um, I actually got to hang out this past weekend with a friend that I made at Star Wars Celebration. So nice. that's really cool. Shout out to my buddy Jeff. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. Just been nerding around with that. What about you, Alex? Um, well, currently in the background, The Last Jedi is on because my wife's watching it. So that's happening now. Nice. Aside from that... Uh, working on my star wars celebration 2020 patch design which i think i finally got to a spot that i'm really happy with um it's so that that's always fun to do uh, we also sold for an unofficial 501st brigade the tiki trooper brigade patch so those have gone out so that was fun to do uh yeah just you know just doing star wars stuff just doing the star wars just doing the star wars trying not to look at too many galaxy's edge pictures and videos because i want to go in there with fresh eyes but at the same time i want to know what not to miss so it's kind of hard to keep a balance between 
looking up information and not looking up information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'm already hearing there's little issues that. here and there, and they're running out of things to purchase. So I'm hoping that everything kind of gets back in stock when we go in August, which I'm sure it will. They have time. Yeah. They better do it. They have time. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy to hear that the green light kyber crystals are fine. You know, I'll <laughs> I'll be okay. <laughs> it's the ones that I don't want that are the. <laughs> That are the ones that everybody's buying. Right. But, yeah. There you yeah. go. What about, cool. it, did, Josh, did you say your stuff? <clears throat> Not yet. So, obviously, with E3 the last two weeks, I haven't had much time to do much of anything. But uh, today, actually, on the train home, I basically mainlined, like, how many chapters? Like, maybe five chapters of Master and Apprentice. I'm officially, like, halfway through it. Okay. Nice. And I have finally gotten to the point where uh like the plot is starting to present itself and i'm like oh this is what this book's about um and it's cool i it actually reminds me of episode two a little bit like the kind of uh okay um how do i put it like the the like kind of noir conspiracy thing like that's sort of the main plot is about like the conspiracy to assassinate a princess of this world um and it's got like corporate espionage and and uh young angsty obi-wan and all these (laughs) other things um so it's pretty it's pretty cool i'm i'm digging it so far and i uh am ready i don't want to say i'm ready for it to be over because that's the wrong that's the wrong way to look at it because i am enjoying it but i'm ready for the ending i'm excited to get to um to get to the other books i have because uh i i have uh both dugu jedi lost and i have um what what is it alphabet squadron i couldn't remember oh you did buy it uh yes um i bought it and uh well i pre-ordered it at at the show because uh they were giving they were giving you the patches and stuff if you pre-ordered it so I pre-ordered it so that I could get my Alphabet Squadron patch. So I have the audiobook like ready to go, um, and then I also bought Dooku Jedi Lost, which is ready to go. Um, and I am really excited about Alphabet Squadron mainly because um, I watched Star Wars Explains video on it, and he said that it's like up there with Lost Stars as his his Ooh. favorite book. And it made me even more excited that it's the beginning of a trilogy. Uh, and he says it's like excellent. So I was like, oh my god, like I, I gotta get in on this, <laughs> you know. So I'm I'm very I'm very excited to read those, and uh, I'm glad that I knocked out so much of Mastered Apprentice like just today. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's good times. I wish I had more time though with the last two weeks, but um with all the stuff that happened in the last two weeks it means we have a lot of cool stuff to talk about yep which is cool um before we go on to news we have a little bit of spring cleaning to do a couple of announcements again we're for patrons five and over we are still working on uh the physical rewards i think we've kind of figured out some stuff we're gonna we're gonna put but we're not really gonna announce them until they are like ready to go so um, we'll let you know 
we are working on them. I think Alex, you and I kind of just need to sit down one day, one of these weeks where we're not super busy and like just click by it all yeah. hammered out. But it's <laughs> we're we're getting there. We've got we got some cool ideas. Um, we have a new shirt that will get made soon and sent out to everybody and stuff. But it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, you guys are gonna um, like them. Yeah, uh, we also are finalizing all of the stuff for D twenty three yes uh so yeah we'll be we'll be there in august and it's gonna be a good time i am super Uh, excited because not only is it d23 it's our first time at galaxy's edge yeah we'll be at galaxy's edge we're planning on doing some sort of galaxy's edge episode maybe probably like a special maybe at some point or like we're not totally sure yet but we're definitely going to do something probably late august early september um about galaxy's edge specifically just kind of our experience with it and stuff it's just um, gonna be like half an hour of us like cry talking <laughs> and then v had me hide behind a trash can and then we touched it um, and it went and it was so cool it's <laughs> funny it'll be fun yeah um i think that's it currently i think that's all for the announcements and uh you guys ready for some news there's a lot well we have oh, wait, a, not yeah. news we got a whole topic we, we have the show to do but we can we i can... know i forgot someone's jumping the gun i'm jumping the gun all right everybody once again you're listening to long time ago radio whether you're from the class of 77 or rogue or rogue one wow that was a, that's a throwback or solo <laughs> was your first star wars film you're welcome here and now on with the show ezra the armor i wear is 500 years old i reforged it to my liking but the battles the history the blood all lives within it and the same goes for every mandalorian this armor is part of our identity it makes us Mandalorians who we are. And now it's going to make us dead. Taking off from our last episode, where we talked about Legends, Mandalorian lore, and all of that good stuff, we have prepared Mandalorians Part 2. Da-da-da-da. Which is going to be all about their representation in canon, which there's a lot less. Yes. Um, than in Legends. They got a lot of love, and also Legends was ran a lot longer than current canon has currently run, so they, they haven't had a lot of stuff. But some of the stuff has carried over. Like, I, from what I understand, the whole Tar Vizsla storyline with the Mandalorian Jedi War, that carried, on, that carried over after Rebels, pretty sure. Yep. Um, and then we've got some other, like, questions that Alex will probably be able to... Uh, illuminate us on at some point um go ahead Becky sound yeah. like you were gonna say something <laughs> no no uh, so yeah I just kind of went through and and found it's funny because there's a lot of articles good articles up right now um kind of discussing the difference between you know legends lore and current canon because of the new John Favreau show coming up um fans right. are kind of like okay what's what's actually been in the canon and as you mentioned, Josh, what kind of makes it a little confusing is that so much of the legend stuff is slowly being referenced and pulled in. Um, mm-hmm. Not a ton of it gets totally wiped away, which is fun. They're doing such a good job with it. Um, but yeah, most of what we know about the Mandalorians, who they are, is, is 
from Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, I can quickly tell you which episodes, if you want to take, sitting at home, if you want to take notes so that you can do a little <laughs> expert Mandalore watch before the series comes out um, this fall, you need to watch the episodes of Clone Wars, The Mandalore Plot, Voyage of Temptation, Duchess of Mandalore, and those three have the added fun of being super sexy. In season two... <laughs> That's in season two. In season four, there's a friend in need. In season five, it's Eminence, Shades of Reason, and Lawless. And if you want to watch even more, there's a couple more episodes on Mandalore, Corruption, and the Academy, which is the one with the poison, like, juice boxes or whatever. Um, And then in Rebels, you should watch The Protector of Concord Dawn in season two, and Imperial Super Commanders, Trials of the Darksaber, Legacy of Mandalore in season three, and Heroes of Mandalore parts one and two in season four. Um, So there you go. You go watch all that, and then you'll be ready because that's pretty much what everything is based on. Um, going back in terms of where these guys actually came from in, in the Star Wars lore, um, there wasn't a ton, obviously, <laughs> in the old school films. Um, you know, the original, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but the original plans were for a group of white armored super commandos from the Mandalore uh-huh. system <laughs> to appear in Empire, um, which is based on a Ralph McQuarrie art concept um, that was then appropriated for Boba Fett's um, armor. And I don't think it was ever the intention that Boba Fett was going to be a Mandalorian. I think we'll discuss that afterwards um, once we go through the, the history that is uh, been rep- represented. Um, but all the Tar Vizsla stuff, um, how he was a Jedi that wielded a black-bladed saber known as the Dark Saber, and this weapon ended up in the Jedi Temple until House Vizsla stole it and used it to unify the planet. Um, all that information is was very excitingly revealed in the episode Trials of the Dark Saber in uh, in uh, Rebels, which is very exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a moment um, where Kanan remarked, "History lesson: The Jedi won the war with Mandalore," and all nerd boys, you could hear thousands of them shrieking with joy at those words <laughs> as uh the, all the nerd boys <laughs> as you know this this knights of the old republic <laughs> era became canon again which is very exciting um there's a quote from dave filoni um talking about how he was bringing all this stuff in um and how it speaks he said that that line speaks to the larger history between the Mandalorians and the Jedi. He told ComicBook.com that without the war, the Mandalorians never would have developed their signature armor and fighting styles fans know and love, and that's why that he wanted to bring it in. He said, quote, the Mandalorian Jedi war that I have in my mind is much, very much derived from the oldest style of thinking of Mandalorians, which was their weapons, their arsenal, their technology had a massive increase once they collided with the Jedi and found these force-wielding people that had abilities they didn't understand. He said, their armor is a reaction to the Jedi, and I've always believed that because that seemed to be something that would be in their DNA, the DNA of Joe Johnston, concept artist on the original Star Wars trilogy, designs mm-hmm. them as super commandos. Their armor is a reaction to the Jedi, which I find a really interesting concept, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's also interesting the fact that this varies, not a lot, but there's a big difference between what the, you know, the canon storyline, what they're figuring out, uh, and what was originally conceived with the whole history of the Mandalorians, where they've always had this armor, as opposed to right. being a reaction to the Jedi. Right. So that's one of the first distinctions you, you start to see between 
the original uh, Legends versus the new canon. Right, right. But I, I like it. I feel I like it too, ha- yeah. it, it's more reactive. It's more, it, there's a dynamic relationship there, which makes a lot more sense. Um, that, that there's like the Light Whip and the Sonic Cannon. Um, uh, Filoni said, I played the video games, and um, so I'm aware of the games, and I like a lot of things that are there. So when there are a lot of things in common, and there's stuff that people know, I think, well, why don't we just use that? Um, which I love. <laughs> yeah, I love when they go back and reuse things, even if they didn't uh, like get used before. Right. Yeah. And you know, it, it's it's interesting that if, if it, I know a lot of people have very strong Mandalorian feelings, but you have to remember, Filoni and George Lucas were like, I don't know, sipping tea, talking Mandalore all day long on the Clone Wars. Um, and apparently they would talk about the old days of Mandalore and the Darksaber. Um, and it was Lucas's idea to create it for the Clone Wars. Um, and also that established that it was stolen from the Jedi Temple during the days of the Old Republic. So all this Old Republic stuff had been conversations that Filoni had had and secured with Lucas before Rebels. And uh, he was able to bring all that good Lucas-approved history in. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is nice. So that's old school stuff that's history right um so actually it's kind of funny that that gets introduced in rebels and then we're kind of gonna go back to clone wars to talk about things we actually see happening um in the second season of clone wars um there were new mandalorians um they had cast out their old warrior ways and those who were still kind of wanting to kill and pillage were you know banished and um it said in the wake of a civil war that happened in the years prior to the phantom menace um that's when that happened but i don't think they talk much more about that than just referencing it um but uh yeah in the clone wars the mandalore plot it is revealed that Django himself was not a mandalorian at all dave filoni had said that this was a directive that came from george lucas himself um, and apparently the point was uh, reiterated at the end of the comic, Age of the Republic, Jango Fett, which is canon, I guess? If it's Age of the Republic, yes, because that was released by Marvel Comics in this past year, I believe. Yes, so there you go. Um, again, I feel like we'll do a Jango Boba discussion at the end, but in terms of all the Jango stuff that we had in Legends, which was a ton like just most of that stripped away <laughs> yeah like 90 percent um, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um all For sure all we really know about him is that he was um he was kind of a mandalorian-esque dude like and then gosh i'm trying to see where my notes are on that i don't know if you guys have anything more ready um so Jango Fett was so one thing that they did especially with the, the new canon was they just kept him mysterious that somehow he ended up with the Mandalorian armor it's, right. it's mentioned in the Clone Wars that he was just a bounty hunter who somehow ended up with the armor he right. was born on one of the Mandalorian planets within the Mandalorian space but one of the big differences that we see from the legends to the canon explanation as to who the Mandalorians are the legends had it where they would conquer a planet and bring those cultures into the Mandalorian culture. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. have that in the new canon. It's more of a we're you know conquerors and we're going to decimate these planets, but for our own gain, we are who we are. You are who you are. They kept it separate. So that's where it gets right. kind of fuzzy because no one knows where Jango Fett actually came from. Just that he happened to be within Mandalore space. Right. Right. 
So the, a lot of this is all revealed when Obi-Wan goes to Mandalore um, in a series of episodes, and the Prime Minister, Almec, talks to him about it. Um, and while Obi-Wan's there, he sees terrorist activities carried out by the Death Watch, um, which are exiled warriors from that period who were hell-bent yes. on bringing back the, the old-school Mandalore. Um, and if, I, I just got to say, that episode of Clone Wars is one of the has one of the darkest moments I've seen in Clone Wars. If, if any of you think it's still a kid's show and haven't watched it for some reason, there is a sequence where there is a, uh, uh, like, assassin running through the streets, and I think he sets off a bomb, and then as they're chasing him, he plunges to his own death. Oh, yeah, he jumps, yeah, he jumps, off, jumps off the yeah. thing. Yeah, It's graphic. <laughs> it's like, whoa. There's no blood or anything, but... The concept, Still. like yes, the concept is pretty dark. That's adult material. Um, He's just so, taking a nap. It's just a long, long nap. Um, and so, uh, um, Obi Wan uncovers a bunch of stuff about the governor, um, who is you know can't count Dooku's payroll and. He's there protecting his girlfriend and all that's super fun. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't know if we learn too much more about this history of the Mandalorians or what they are, but there's encounters with the Death Watch and all that happy jazz. Um, and then there's a long period where a lot of stuff takes place on Mandalore, but it doesn't really involve any Mandalorians. <laughs> it involves Darth Maul, who shows up um, and kind of takes over Mandalore um and he fights um uh he um all and Vizsla soon get into a saber measuring contest <laughs> I'm pulling was... a lot of this from a great sci-fi wire article <laughs> so wow just, so at this point this is when Maul creates his kind of puppet government with uh, Prime Minister Almec which is that guy right. that mentions that Jingle Fight is not a Mandalorian so right he's also may not be the best person to trust either Sure. <laughs> the shady guy um, who kind of gets in and out of jail. I don't know how many times during this one like season, like twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Maul takes out Vizsla. Um, uh, Obi Wan comes to investigate what's going on. And spoilers: skip ahead five seconds. Maul kills Satine with the dark saber, which he stole from Vizsla, right in front of Obi Wan, and it's tragic underscore um yeah so then a civil war breaks out between the loyal mandalorians and those under maul's sway and obi-wan manages to escape thanks to Satine's sister bogatan um played by Battlescar de galactica favorite chica um kitty sackoff and uh, then palpatine shows up and again a whole bunch of drama on mandalore that doesn't involve mandalorians it's like not fair these these outside forces are coming in and and doing their own shiz um the exciting thing is the concept of the siege of mandalore um yeah which we're going to see correct question we are we're gonna see it in the new clone wars season that starts next year yes so i don't remember (laughs) 
<laughs> this is in the Wikipedia already that Ahsoka Rex, and, and Bo-Katan, and, and a bunch of clones go and take the planet back. But is that based on the fact that these ideas were released already, or is that based on different information? I couldn't figure that out. You saw a little bit of the information in the Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tana book. You saw right. some, some flashbacks there. In the very beginning. Yeah, in the very yeah. beginning. And I think also they're pulling from... The story that was released by Dave Filoni, I think that's you can also find it on StarWars.com along with the artwork. So I think it's a little bit of just like we're gonna put it in there because it's eventually gonna come out. So it's it's there. Right. So there you go. Um, so when we left, it's chaos, and when we come back in Star Wars Rebels years later, the Empire is in charge, um, and there was an Imperial Academy there that Sabine revealed that she had trained at and creating terrible weapons. Um, she is a member of House Vizsla, and thanks to Maul reappearing on the show, she gets her hands on the Darksaber again, and a new rebellion starts on Mandalore during this period. Um, there's Fen Rao, Fen Rao, is that how I say it? And the protectors of Concord Dawn, who are fighting for free Mandalore on one side, and then there's Gar Saxon, and a lot of other dudes in the Empire on the other. Um, and then our, our, our good, fun friends from the Ghost Crew liberate the planet. Um, and Sabine passes the Dark Saber on to Pokatan, who should mm-hmm. really have it anyway. And she steps up to claim her rightful place as leader of a, uh, as a Mandalore, right? She's the new Mandalore. Yeah, she's the, the new... new Mandalore of Mandalore. Yeah. <laughs> so I. I love the dark saber i think it's uh, i think it's one of the coolest um things they've ever done yeah in star wars because most most lightsabers sort of uh mimic the um like the fates of their owners mm. where the but the dark saber is unique in that it's almost like the baton of the planet yeah like anybody who has it sort of controls the fate of the planet uh, in a way, so like if you like if you think back to the fact that like Mandalore wasn't free because the saber was locked up on Coruscant in a vault, and then they break it out and end up liberating the planet, and then it then it's you know its own planet and becomes a peaceful planet at some point. But then Death Watch has the saber. Eventually, they take control, and then Maul kills uh, Pre Vizsla, takes the saber, and then he's in control of the planet. And then Maul escapes, and the planet is basically, like, warring with itself. It's at, it's like in this turmoil where, like, no one can take control. The Empire sort of controls it, but all of the factions are, like, warring against the Empire to try and take the planet back. And it's not until, Re- like, Sabine returns in Rebels, and they actually say this. Um, I'll have to pull up the quote, but... Um, they actually say this in uh, that episode of Rebels, Trials of the Darksaber, or whatever. They kind of talk about how the Darksaber sort of is that. Like, it's the uh, the baton, if you will, of the planet. And Sabine is sort of the one who's supposed, like, sh- is supposed to take it up and, like, lead, but she doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole, like, back and forth thing. And I think her giving it over to Bo-Katan's, like, a really cool message. And, yeah, so, like, that by the end of... of that rebels episode the idea is that like oh it's uh it's it's reunited like we're we're you know we're back uh, uh back to a free mandalore reunited um. and it feels so good so was maul just oh, like yeah. chilling with the dark saber in his back pocket for like 20 years uh not that long well, it's in his house well remember he also didn't didn't 
rule Mandalore for too long because as soon as he takes over, Palpatine comes in, messes them all up. And right, but he still po- has the dark saber. He still does. Oh, he does till the very end, huh? And then he gets it kicked away, right? So, like in all the yes. intermediate it, whatever, he's just chilling, swinging it around. He just has it, yeah, and it's sitting on that pedestal. Uh, in his like cave on Dathomir or whatever and they go to they go and find it Sabine sees it and takes it uh, when they're when they're in his house and they get like possessed and stuff by all of the ghosts of the uh, Night Sisters and all that stuff that was a fun episode I gotta rewatch that stuff man (laughs) like I mean just seeing how much of all of this canon is smushed really into the episode Trials of the Darksaber pretty much like you get so much from it, I want to go back and make yeah. sure I rewatch it and pick up all so the little details. I have the quote. I have the quote. Uh, I've been working on a lot of essays about Star Wars, and I'm pulling this up because the one I'm currently working on is actually about the dark saber. So I just have this quote on hand. But uh, it says, uh, "This was one of a kind." Legend tells that it was created over a thousand years ago by Tar Vizlo, the first Mandalorian ever inducted into the Jedi Order. After his passing, the Jedi kept the saber in their temple. That was until members of House Vizsla snuck in and liberated it. They used the saber to unify the people and strike down those who had opposed them. One time, they ruled all of Mandalore using this blade. The saber is an important symbol to that house and is respected by the other clans. So I think one interesting thing is where we see the different like houses in Rebels is not really the same idea of the different clans from ancient Mandalore. It feels a lot more like Game of Thronesy than yeah. roving groups of, of Ravagers. And again, you have that difference between the same species from the same planet and it's the one main culture versus bringing in other ones. So it seems to be a lot easier to rule from the one planet with your different clans versus all the different roaming, you know, if right. you have like nine planets you're trying to rule, of course things are going to go wrong. And at the end, it all ended up being just Mandalore like we saw in Clone Wars. It's just so interesting that this, this, this culture, quote unquote, is one that is, seems to thrive in being separated and, and having these little groups that are not really ever together. Um, though at the end of, of the Rebels uh, arc... You have all these different families, the Vizlas, the Wrens, the Kreezes, the Rooks, the Eldars, all kind of like being like, all right, we'll, we'll pledge allegiance to the new Mandalore. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's pretty much all the shiz that there is in terms of history of, of both the Darksaber and the Mandalorians. Um, the thing that I find the most interesting of all of this is that this was a society based on an outfit. You know, and the fact that the guy wielding that outfit that inspired this society is not even a Mandalorian. Um, I I did some research on this question because we mentioned that we were going to discuss it. And pretty much everywhere I saw, it was a definitive no. Neither Boba or Jango Fett are true Mandalorians. And I'm curious as to why that is. So Um, that's one of those where it's the difference between the original Legends folklore versus the new canon. And it goes back sure. to the whole okay. idea of one single species as a Mandalorian versus bringing in other cultures. Because in the okay. co- to, in the original comic books, he is, uh, Jango Fett is found by another Mandalorian and is brought into the culture and therefore is a Mandalorian. Again, remember they bring in people and you kind of become part of the culture and the culture right. evolves. 
in the new canon, that's not a thing. You are a Mandalorian, right. or you're not. So by him being, they don't they don't mention how he ends up with the armor because we don't know his backstory since they're keeping it mysterious, and I doubt we ever will. Because he was not a Mandalorian by blood, he is not a true Mandalorian. He just ended up with the armor and looks cool, and therefore neither is Boba Fett. So really, our yeah. only Mandalorian character that we have that we love in canon that's one of our like action figure characters is is Sabine. Um, you know, obviously we have like you know all these other Previsla and and Bo-Katan and all them, but um, yeah, Satine's like our really first triple A character who's a Mandalorian, <laughs> which is pretty cool. What, what's uh, what's tar- what's Previsla? Is he is he uh, in, he's double A? Yeah. He's not triple A. He's, he's like a I nine mean, volt battery. He's in like two episodes, so it's it's fine. Yeah, I think, you know, when, when you're thinking about who's like, but I, but the thing I love about it being her is is there's a little bit of the, what, what we talked about last time, you know, the, the history of them kind of bringing their outfits together piecemeal from from different places she this kind of individualist style within the mandalorians i love that she like has her spray painted armor she's a little different you know it's 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 cool she's not like stock mandalorian like we see in in clone wars she's like a an individual um, she's expressive yes very much so yeah. um but yeah so yeah. Yeah, there's not a ton of Mandalore in canon yet. We're getting there, though. There are some so, big differences, though. Like, looking at that, looking yeah. at how in the Vizsla clan and the Legends, you had Tor Vizsla, who was like, let's just murder and rampage. And then you had Tar Vizsla in the new one that's this Jedi that you've, in the old Legends, there was never a Jedi Mandalorian. So that was a big, brand new thing that now combines these two really cool ideas as a new character that we know little love yet we know he is important in both the jedi folklore and the mandalorian folklore so i'm assuming at some mm-hmm. point we're going to get more of him because i really want more of his story well here's yeah i go ahead I'd see a comic or something well some my question is going forward you know we have a whole show that's called the mandalorian so you know and it's funny because he seems kind of like a independent bounty hunter type dude a la boba fett but they're making it very clear that he is a mandalorian we would assume <laughs> um, well that's where it gets kind of funky too because he's known as the mandalorian but unless they elaborate as to who he is and we ever see his face he could be doing the same thing that boba fett and jingo fett's doing because mm. if you look at some of the books at one point uh, one of the aftermath books someone is selling mandalorian armor on tatooine and oh. someone buys it like he like that's something that can continue so it's really interesting because i'm curious to see if they'll elaborate and he is a mandalorian or if he's just you never learn and he's just the mandalorian because he's you know he's one of the few in the outer rim which is another reason it's, it was really cool to have at celebration to see john favreau and dave filoni on stage together because you know you look at filoni and he basically is our george lucas now um, he is the keeper of the of the keys. He's the Padawan. He's the he knows the lore. He is the king of of what is real and what is not. And um, I just you you must assume that this production involved many phone calls between the two guys about you know. But I, I just really hope that they do use if they're calling the show The Mandalorian. I hope that in addition to creating its own story and its own individual character, I hope that they do you know flesh out some of the history here 
um, and hopefully continue to bring in some old stuff and uh, kind of firm up stuff that was established in the in the animated series. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I hope so. Yeah, I just wanted to know more about this Jedi battle because it's it's kind of different than what we saw in the Legends where they fought alongside the Sith against the Jedi, whereas mm-hmm. here in canon now it's just the Mandalorians versus the Jedi, and at this point there's a Mandalorian Jedi in the mix, so how does that all work? Right. This should be a right. trilogy, I'm just saying. You know, just go back a thousand years in Star Wars and give us a three-part movie series about the Mandalorian Jedi battles with... Uh, Tor Vizsla, like, oh, do that, please. What if that's what that new trilogy oh, is? Oh, I'm a cry. I mean, think about it. You could, <laughs> you could totally do that. People love Jedi. People love Mandalorians. They tease this Mandalorian Jedi that you see for like 30 seconds, and one of them's a painting and like a shadow puppet. Yeah. And I mean, that would be so cool to watch. I mean, this would be something that we hadn't seen yet. You would see Old Republic. You'd be fleshing out this history you can see the creation of the dark saber that would connect to rebels i mean it would be so yeah. cool but you know we, we can only hope and, and but i i'm very confident in that i mean you just see how much time that feloni has put in both these series to to bringing this specific canon into you know this the, the, the that legends canon into this canon and him the way he talks about it saying the the man the jedi mandalore war i have in my head is very clear so i i would be i'm pretty sure we're gonna get that content in one form or another yeah at some point at some point well, it's um, all in all in due time you know we have so much happening right now and coming out that you know it'll happen just be patient <laughs> Yeah, no, it's exciting. It's it's mm-hmm. it's again. I think the having all this history and finally now just getting a Mandalorian TV show is uh, is kind of funny. It's kind of a back way into establishing a huge part of the Star Wars universe. Um, but let's let's not forget when we were introduced to the first Mandalorian, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh yes, that's true. That was Who the could first forget? time. <laughs> Yeah, it's the first time we ever saw him. Uh, Riding a pink dinosaur. With canon, definitely canon. Pink right. dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. You'd hope so. I He'd hope we wish. see that. He like, like slapped it with his big old stick, and he was like, "Quiet, you!" And I'm Boba Fett. Whatever. I'm gonna talk breathy and have a long. <laughs> breathy. That was or, arguably the animated part is the best part of the holiday special. I don't know. Absolutely. That, that weird hologram yeah. dance thing with the green guys and the bodysuits, oh and then the gosh. lady and Lumpy's all like, mm-hmm. Like that was pretty that good one, too. <laughs> it went on and on and on. The one with like the different circus yeah. people. Like, oh, it was so bad. I hope we see those in uh, canon. Which, by the way, random tangent. I saw a picture of a guy who dressed up like that from Star Wars Celebration from a few years ago. And I, I kind of want to do it like a group costume with those people one day. Oh, like he did the classic fit? No, no. He did the green guys from the hologram video with the tail of the circus oh. folk. Like, I want to do that as a group costume, but That's I don't funny. think it's I could amazing. pull off the green leotard. So for me, like just in terms of expectations, if if the Mandalorian doesn't start with our star riding in on this pink dinosaur, then I feel like that's a huge opportunity missed. Oh, I'm canceling uh, Disney+. Plus. <laughs> You know, just for the fans, just for the the, the yeah. true fans. 
He does have the stick gun. He does, thing. yeah. Yeah. Which I'm curious to see how that so fires. Cool. Did you guys see it in use during the panel? Like in the footage that you guys saw? I don't know how that gun shoots. Um, they did not. Well, I mean, they show them firing guns and stuff in the trailer, and they show the gun, like him lifting the gun at the very end of the of the last trailer we saw, but they don't show him firing. Real it. quick, real quick, just because I don't know this. When you're talking about stick gun, are you talking about the thing that's in uh, this holiday special with like the yeah. the the prongs? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! And how- that's the thing in 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 the if you remember in the. Uh, because you saw Mandalorian, right? You got into every panel. So I like, did. Yeah. So in the in the second trailer we saw, the one, like, the actual. The real shiz. Yeah, yeah. the real trailer that nobody else got to see. Uh, Lucky. The last shot was him lifting that gun before the title. Oh, my trailer. gosh. Wait. Yeah. I See, this is, I feel like I have all the knowledge. And then I'm, like, sad because I feel like I didn't watch the holiday special enough now. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> see how it shoots because it doesn't look like it has a barrel, but it does. I, has, I bet like, that save that for some moment yeah maybe like electricity maybe it's like a pulse type that, of thing that's and maybe yeah. like it's a cattle prod a that's been turned into prod, a gun yeah. yeah well if you think Sounds about sweet. it with feloni like the design of the weapon would be something that would have been made to repel the jedi so however that would work it's a probably an anti-jedi weapon um, or it's the cattle prod he uses for the giant pink dinosaur <laughs> that too. <laughs> Which I know we're all hoping <laughs> for. Oh my yeah, god! For sure. But just the fact, so that we haven't seen this cattle prod weapon in anything else besides the holiday special. Only the holiday special. Pretty, That's what that made is it. pretty much. Yeah, so yeah. Great. like. Oh my I mean, gosh. the idea. Yeah, I at least like what John Favreau was talking about. They pulled from like Legends holiday special, <laughs> like old con- like old Marvel comics that were like not that were canon before the before legends even you know like the, all kinds of stuff all uh, i gotta say is if you were a legends lover and you were kind of like a little like booty hurt over the recanonization i don't know how you could be any happier with with the situation now because they are not ignoring it they are legitimizing it they're smoothing it out they're cherry picking the best parts. They're definitely smoothing it out they're smooth like it out. grabbing some of the best parts although I do feel sort of bad for all the Mara Jade fans, but you know those stories still exist. Sure. They they're not you know just because they're not canon doesn't mean you can't enjoy them, or like you you should or they're any like they're lesser. Sure. You know? Sure. They 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 still exist. Which I still think we're gonna get her at some point. I just don't a version. know. Yeah, a version. I almost I feel like she's. I don't know. Well, I feel like you're gonna get her, but not to the extent to what she was. Like maybe uh, an inquisitor of some sort. Like she's like. Yeah, two I mean, I don't think. I don't think she's gonna birth Luke's children that we don't know about. Nah. Like, I don't think they're gonna do that. But I almost feel like. If you if she doesn't if she's not like Luke's love interest and assassin, you know, like the uh, Emperor's assassin and all those things, like what. Is she even Mara Jade at that point? Or like, she, yeah, she, she actually could. I mean, you had Obi Wan Kenobi with uh, what's her name. They could still have a romantic interest, and he goes against it to continue with his. You know, she sure. could have been a, a, a person that helped create the temple that gets destroyed by Kylo Ren and them. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to figure it out, but I think I think we will see her at some point. I don't think they're. Yeah, the fact that they brought I mean, Thrawn back. Not, I mean, come on, you're not wrong. They did bring yeah. Thrawn back, and they did move him. Uh, yeah from his his spot 
in the story. To be fair, though, Thrawn... I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I just wonder how they tackle that while still trying to make that character sort of feel like this is a, a different take on Mara Jade, but still sort of feel like that character. I don't know. I, That's I really gonna, challenging. I was going to say, it's a little bit of a can of worms there. Do you really want to yeah. invite all the ire that will be follow with people being like, why even do it? She's yeah. so wrong. She's not and people love her like so much you know so it's it's tough i i I wouldn't envy uh no that kind of thing i have i I mean i have friends who who write on like really big franchises and i tell them all the time like i don't really i do not know how you do it like if somebody handed me the keys to star wars and was like do something i wouldn't even know where to begin (laughs) (laughs) i'd do something different because i would feel so compelled to try and do something like legit and meaningful that just didn't feel like fan fiction yeah. and not to knock fan fiction but like well no there's, but there's uh, a difference between yeah. fan fiction and star wars like there's a yeah fan fiction is just fan fiction it's fiction that's written by fans that we have a certain connection with so we add our own personality there's star wars universe is bigger than an individual and now encompasses i don't know how many different storylines that have to be kept sure. and organized mm. sure i i uh a, a, a good friend of mine put it this way he he writes on a on a big thing and he said like you constantly have to uh like assess what is the logical uh like what's the what's the most logical place for the story to go now not where do you personally want it to go like mm. t- like trying not to put your fan fiction of this thing you love it, like like trying you know basically like don't try to canonize your fan fiction like try to actually push the story forward in a way that's meaningful and actually makes sense mm. uh and that's really challenging so i i think that um so you're saying people who get, do like really good we're getting huh? to use on vong then is what you're saying because that's yes. the logical <laughs> End point episode for 10 use on vong here they come it's gonna be called just... like shadow from beyond that's what's gonna be called, episode ten. Calling Ooh. it right now, Shadow from Beyond, and it's gonna be, uh, what's his face? That's sexy. Uh, Snoke, and he's gonna send a transmission that finally reaches. It's gonna be like the Borg. They just kind of come in and invade. He's gonna be like, "My people, come!" Yes. Oh, that'd be fun. All right, sorry. Uh, real quick, for anybody who wants like a fun recap of what we were talking about today, there's a great sci-fi.com article. Um, called uh an overly detailed history of star wars mandalore what we know and why you should care and it's and it's kind of a question answer with like an imaginary stupid person and um uh <laughs> the first one's like what is mandalore and then the second question is is it going to be in episode nine is it where snoke came from uh, <laughs> it's like <seriously>? relax <laughs> as a joke it's a joke oh okay um, <laughs> but yeah no they'll, they'll never quit never quit yeah yeah Oh, boy. Well, I think that about wraps up all of our Mandalore lore and all that. Unless anybody has anything else to add. No, only that I'm really glad we did this because I feel like a lot of these subtleties went by me very quickly, like especially in the Rebels episodes. I was kind of more concerned with what was going on with our characters. And and Mm -hmm. I know you guys were probably more nerding out about the the lore just because I I wasn't as aware of it. So I didn't pick up on all these little details and what it confirmed. Um, So I'm glad we did this. Well, to be fair, I... I've only watched Rebels all the way through once, but I did it when I was doing those three lightsaber videos. I talked about the dark saber at one point, 
Um, I think it was in the second one because I was talking about uh, like heirlooms, basically, mm. and, and one of you know one of the heirlooms being uh, Anakin's lightsaber, and the other one being the dark saber, and how they're different uh, interpretations. But like, I went back and watched all those episodes, and thus like sort of noticed a lot of this stuff. Um, but I definitely did not. I'm not smart enough to notice a lot of this stuff on the first, <laughs> the first thing. Cause you're like trying to take it all in, you know, it's, it's only until you go back and watch these a million times. Like we've watched all this stuff a million times is when you sort of start to absorb it. I think at least just real quick. And I feel like we've talked about this before. Cause I'm, I'm getting deja vu. Just asking the question is the dark saber considered a lightsaber. It is correct. It yeah. Is, it's yeah. a lightsaber. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's probably like the lightsaber that's been most not in the hands of Jedi, um, of any lightsaber. Yeah. Only t- one. You don't really count Maul. So yeah, only one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, pretty cool. All right. Anyway, how about some news? Let's do it. I have good news for you, my lord. Well, if you're like us. And planning on going to both Star Wars Celebration and D23. Well, I've got good, bad news for you. It's, it's wonderfully horrible. <laughs> <laughs> wonderfully horrible is probably the best way we could have described it. Uh, the dates um, for Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2020 were officially announced. It's going to run next year, August 27th through the 30th at the Anaheim Convention Center. Woo-hoo. That's the good news. The bad news is the tickets go on sale next Friday at, or this this upcoming this Friday. Coming Friday at 9 a.m. Uh, my wallet hurts and then, already. To add a little bit more to that, just to make your wallet hurt even more, hotel rooms are going to open up that same day an hour later. So you'll have an hour where you'll still have a little money for D23, and then <laughs> oh you're going to realize, oh my Was god. Was that the sound of Becky yeah. dying? <laughs> You'll realize, oh no, now I have to pay for at least four nights for Star Wars Celebration 2. So, yeah. get a credit card if you don't I mean, have one. Do they kick you out of your apartment right away if you don't pay rent, or do you have like some time? Because you have, you have a little time. bit of time. I think it depends on your <laughs> landlord. Um, so, do we expect these to sell out? Pro- I, probably. probably. I don't know if they'll sell out as fast as they did this past year, but they're yeah. going to sell out. They don't usually sell out immediately, okay. but the, the four days night. definitely sell out really quick. The Jedi passes sell out really fast, but that's only because there's there's only like five hundred yeah. of them, right? Yeah. So the and they're like nine hundred dollars. So like you got to be like real crazy to to buy one of those. But you guys uh, are those go really quick. We're all doing this. We're all doing four day. We're all making yeah, this happen. Of course. Should we read the prices real quick? Yes, please. Right. And and, uh, I, and did, yeah, I don't. Have I, the I got it. I got you. Oh, did okay, we clarify cool. real quick? That you, I, I was on the Star Wars. Nine a.m. Pacific time. Nine so if you're nine a.m. Pacific time. If you're Wars, an East Coaster yeah. like me, that's noon. So StarWarsCelebration.com, and then at ten a.m. Pacific time, they will be announce, or opening up the hotel rooms. Which I took a look at a few websites around, uh, or for some of the hotels around the Anaheim Convention Center. None of them were open for next August. So this is probably going to be your best bet to guarantee yourself a room at a pretty good rate. 
Which luckily. So they're just opening the. These hotels have decided to just pair with Celebration to open just for this. Pretty much. So. To ha- so what wow. Okay. Yeah. What they'll do is they get convention rate, so you get them a little cheaper than you would if you booked them directly. So for. Okay. For uh, Anaheim 2015, we did that. We did the same thing for Star Wars Celebration, uh, Orlando, and we did that for D23 actually too. So it is worth okay. looking at this to do that because it does save you money. Also, again, mm-hmm. you're oops, you're, you're you're guaranteed your room. You get your room at a price a year in advance. You don't have to worry about trying to find a room when you're there because at this point, Galaxy's Edge will be, what, a little over a year, a year old, old, but you'll have both rides yeah. open. You're going to be getting real close to the Marvel Land stuff opening. So there's it gets busy. Um, but, yeah, let's go over the, uh, the ticket prices. So an yeah. adult four-day pass is $195 ad- advanced. And what's interesting is that they actually have. That's not very much. It's Gosh, not. did I? I feel like I paid. Tw- did I pay? Uh, I mean, at the end more. of the day, that's about what we yeah. paid. Like I paid like about four hundred and fifty dollars for both me, my five day, and Nicole's five day. So this seems about right. Okay. Well, what's interesting is they yeah. have a at the door price of two hundred and five dollars. I don't remember them ever selling at least yeah. in the past three huh. celebrations. Them having that makes at me the door. think like maybe they will have some left over for people that's, to buy at the door but that seems strange that's well, got to be judging on what happened this past year maybe there they were maybe people yeah. bought it and then there was a certain amount that didn't ever show up well to be um, fair they had weird they, they the fact that it ended on a monday throws it all off because if you're going for yeah you know taking time off for us a monday is driving home day not an additional celebration day they kind of went a weird right. comic con route by extending it to five days of the preview but then shifted it over one day so this, sure. yeah. this you're back to your Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so it should work better. Um, Great. So yeah. single days are $75 in advance, 85 at the door. A kid's four day is $70 advance, 80 at the door. And kid one days are only $35 advanced, 45 man, at the door. Friggin' kids now, with their okay, cheap prices. So Come what's on, what's man. the reasoning that, that they're small so they don't take up enough space? Like, yes. I, I really just don't I understand that. I think that. Pretty much yes. that. It used to be, depending on the event, that children were not guaranteed seats for panels depending on the wristband distribution and it's a whole weird thing so that's probably why they get to pay less it's just it's it's I'm weird. flashing back i'm flashing back to celebration though i'm trying to remember how many kids i actually saw <laughs> minimal minimal children yeah <laughs> i saw kids it's just that they it's like 40 to 1 adults to children but remember you're now I mean... next to disneyland Ooh, during yeah. during yeah. Anna, during 2015, there were a lot of kids. But also, to be fair, Becky, like most of the stuff we were doing was more like for us. They have stuff for kids there, sure. And I felt like there were a lot of kids in those areas. Like there was a whole area we never even went to that was for for kids. I went to all the areas because I needed those barcodes, right. man. I needed those QR codes. Yeah. Yes. What did we even get for hunting those QR nothing. codes down? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> satisfaction. Not satisfaction. Personal satisfaction. Yeah. Personal rewards. I loved it. That was like maybe my favorite so. part. <laughs> but I was like, man, it'd be cool if I got at least something. Like even if it's like a poster, you okay, know? Okay, so it's next like, celebration, if you want to do that, do the 501st Legion droid uh, scavenger hunt because you get to participate as oh. a droid. The troopers oh. have to find and collect you and then each of your um, your badges gets entered into a raffle and you get prizes 
Well, that's amazing. There was also a, a scavenger hunt thing that we didn't realize, remember, until it was too late, um, where you go and you have to solve these different puzzles, and then there are people stationed all over the convention to give you the clues and, and to keep going. Yes. And then, like, the, the first people back get it. And I remember I, I went over, and I was really sad that I didn't get to, get to participate, but I had a cool... Okay, I'm going to not be a pro nerd right now. What was the little button we got? Who's the character who was like in a thing and then taken out of a thing and he's really oh, weird and there's oh, like Zuvio. A whole... Zuvio. <laughs> Zuvio, yes. Yeah, there was a whole booth about That's Zuvio. Awesome. So, it's pretty funny. So, they... so I had a pin from that and the guys who were running the scavenger hunt was like, oh, I love your pin. Here, take a free thing anyway. I'm like, yes. So, so at the was, celebrations, yeah. they do do the uh, the scavenger hunts and you do teams and you sign up months before. So that's another thing. And if you want to do another different ah. scavenger hunt, there are the puzzle patches that are done by the different clubs. It's typically eight patches, and you have to answer trivia questions, fun. spin a fun wheel, you know, collect stuff. So that's always another fun one because you're literally getting patches for free. Let's do. Let's make a team and let's do the scavenger hunt stuff because I'll be really good at it and I really want to do it. I'm down. Woohoo! All yeah. right, make plans already. But yes, uh, and I will say, like Alex was talking about before, getting your hotel a year in advance. Pay for everything now. I know it's more than a year away, but it makes all the difference. I paid for all of Celebration last year for the one we went to this year, and it was great. Because when it was coming up, I was not stressed out at all about having to pay for stuff. I wasn't like, oh, God, how am I going to have enough money? Everything was totally cool. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm doubtful that the Airbnb options will be as plentiful as in Chicago. Oh, boy, no. They're going to get marked up hardcore. Yeah, especially especially being next to Disneyland. Yeah, they're, and again, they're already expensive over and there. And they're, they're not as close as you can be. The nice thing about the Disneyland Resort and the, um, the convention center is that there's so many hotels within walking distance that are cheap. So Great. the yeah. price point you're going to pay for an Airbnb is maybe like... Five, ten, fifteen dollars less a night, but you have to now get an Uber back and forth when you can just walk for a few extra dollars. Like there, it's it's super super nice, yeah. and there are tons of places to eat, lots to do. Yeah. I mean, and you can and you can get uh, multiple people in rooms yep. and mm-hmm. stuff, and make it cheaper. So you know, but plan start accordingly. Planning this week because if you're smart, you'll yes. get your room now. Keep in mind that they typically do ask for a deposit, so it's not like doing BestWestern.com where you can reserve it and not pay until the week before you're going to pay a small deposit now but you're going to have a room so just, just pay, pay it. it it's worth it pay it put it on your credit card it's going to be okay <laughs> the world's going to end in like 30 years savings are yeah. stupid just go, go for to it, star guys. wars celebration <laughs> <laughs> all right what's next um Next piece of news comes from Deadline. Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy is named Michelle Rejwan. I want to say that's how I say her name. I like it. As SVP of live action development and production for Lucasfilm. Rejwan is a producer on the upcoming Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker and was a co-producer on 2015 Star Wars The Force Awakens and also a co-producer on Bad Robots picks Star Trek Into Darkness and an associate producer on his 2011 movie, Super 8. Uh, love Super 8, that his is a dangling... Uh, uh, yes, they... They're referring to J.J. Abrams. <laughs> yeah, and they never mentioned him. Come on, Deadline, where were your editors? 
I would have been like, who is his? That would have been like my first note. My favorite thing about news is, is when we get to just troll the people who write these poor news articles. I know. Well, <laughs> it's like I have, a, I have a degree in journalism, so it's especially annoying oh, when I read stuff that annoys it's me. It's like every time someone says plot hole, I want to like go murder something. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. Oh, my God. By the way, Becky, have you? do you watch uh, the YouTuber uh patrick willems no do you watch him by chance oh my god i'm gonna send you this guy and you're gonna watch all his videos because they are incredible are they in our vein of yelling at people for being stupid about movie terms um some of them but most of them are just you'll see they're very good but one of them is about is called uh it's called like stop talking about plot holes or something it's real good (laughs) love it love it anyway um moving on it says uh, and this is a quote that I believe is from Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, it is. It says, Working with Michelle over the last seven years as a producer on both The Force Awakens and now The Rise of Skywalker, I have seen firsthand her skills collaborating with writers and directors, and I've been incredibly impressed with her creative skills and her ability to manage the complexity surrounding these massive projects, says Kennedy. I know the importance of building a team that you trust and have fun with. It's paramount to our success. There's an exciting momentum building around the future of the franchise, and both myself and the Lucasfilm team look forward to working with Michelle and shaping the future in all the areas of story development, from theatrical film development to live-action content for Disney+. There are so many ladies in producing and story and writing roles. It's so great. Can I, can Hooray. I, can I mention one thing that makes me happy about these kinds of announcements? The fact that we're getting announcements for people who are in charge of the overall Lucasfilm yes. as opposed to being like... Here are the directors for the next nine movies because yeah. that kind of announcement i mean it bit them in the butt so hard it yeah. did and like this yep. at least you know you're getting people who can make these decisions that we can trust that we know okay yeah they're sitting you know they're setting the the the, the cornerstones to this you know empire let's get people who can Absolutely. figure this stuff out that then they can later on make these announcements when it comes time not you know 2013 sure. here are the next nine movies yeah I think that's a really good point. I think we need to start looking to people like Kathleen Kennedy and Dave Filoni and and really starting to learn and and respect these people as being the real keepers of of the world here. And everyone else is kind of just like a visiting artist who's kind of putting their spin on it. Um, Yeah, very exciting. Sure. Yeah, so that's cool. Excited about that. Uh, Let's get into some video game news. I'm I'm sorry, Alex. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go Becky uh, and I are gonna nerd I'm, out for a little I'm bit I'm gonna limit up, you though. guys for five minutes per are you really not gonna play this man <laughs> me he doesn't really I have a Wii the games. next console I'm getting is a Dreamcast yes. so <laughs> no honestly after you, watching the trailer no lie you should get a Dreamcast because <laughs> oh that was uh, the bulkiest controller ever I'm sorry <laughs> a they no they're not there's worse uh a Dreamcasts are cheap you can get them for like forty dollars oh. And B, you don't need to buy any of the games. You can literally burn all the games. Any Star Wars games on the Dreamcast? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like Power Battles, Pod Racer, you name it. There's all kinds of stuff. But honestly, for this game, though, after watching the game trailer, like the fact fact that it's also a single-player campaign, like a story, I kind of want to do it. But because you guys are big gamers, I'm, you can come I'm over. Set you can come I was gonna say you can just watch us stream yeah. it. Yeah, I want to play too. All right, I'm, I'm well, set here's alarm. Alex. We're Ready? we're planning all the. Oh, that's the other thing I didn't announce at the at the top. <laughs> but we're planning all these videos. Let's just do a let's play series, and we and you can come over and play with me. There you go. All right. 
All right, I'm there you go. Problem, problem I solved. I'm setting a five-minute alarm for this Brush story in the hands. because I know you two can go on for like nine hours. Ready? Very true. Yeah, but it, but anyway, um, go. Yeah, we have we have a lot of cool, uh, fun videos planned that I can't wait to work on, but it's just it's too hectic right now. We'll get there. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fall in order. We got two trailers whoop, and whoop, whoop. thirteen minutes of gameplay. What? After getting zero minutes of gameplay up until this point. Yeah, after getting zero minutes of gameplay. Um, what's funny and what I should mention right off the top, because they didn't say this on stage, they did, they said it later, and it's like, why wouldn't you lead with that? Is, um, people were like, oh, this looks very linear. Apparently the game is not, like, Uncharted at all, where it's just a straight line. The game's like Metroid, yeah. where you have, a, you have a ship, and you do missions, and then you get in the ship, and you go to the light speed, and go back and forth between planets you've been to, and unlock stuff you haven't been or, or, you know, you haven't done before and stuff. And I'm like, what? That's amazing. Yeah. Like, why, why, why were we, why weren't you talking about that? Very like, confident way to take it, as opposed to just doing what you know would would be kind of probably the safest thing for a single player is to follow the right. Uncharted mo- model, right? The linear. Right. Yeah, they directly compared it to Arkham Asylum. Awesome. Is awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um things we learned about like in the trailer we learned saw Guerrero's in it yeah no one knew that I was that, the only right? one in the office that was like oh my god when he just like because they didn't play the Alex you watched the trailer yes. right where he like pops up on the on the ad ad yeah, or whatever I was like what like they didn't show that that whole thing with all the weeds hanging off that which looked the so good the fact that it's walking and it's like overgrown at the same time and stumbling the yeah. water like a newborn baby ad ad oh I loved it <laughs> it i was i was like the only person again as also the only person i was like oh my god that's so cool like it's just it looked awesome but like in the gameplay like the character uh cal is just running through some stuff and then you meet up with a bunch of rebels and saw Guerrera is just like there and you start having a conversation with him and i was like oh my god like it's freaking saw Guerrera. Who's voicing like, him? Crazy. Do we know? Is it the same? It's it is Forrest it is Whitaker. Whitaker. No! And he's got the crazy hair, and you can kind of tell what time period it is because he's dressed more like you see in Rogue One than you see in early Rebels. Uh, very exciting because that was always very confusing to me. <laughs> can we explain? Hopefully, we explain how he becomes like yeah, I'm clawfoot I'm robot man too because. Because I know that, yeah, he has he loses like an arm and gets well, all respiratory. Remember, it's because he ended up going and investigating on Genosis those poison tanks, and somehow he gets in, you know poisoned by that, and it takes the toll over his body over all the years. So that tank is kind of keeping him alive, like that bodysuit. But I'm assuming he has like gangrene right. on his foot at some point, loses it, or <laughs> he, he could have lost it. Space like, gangrene. Some he could have lost it playing with like a space cat, kind of like how. Uh, <laughs> What's his face? Um, oh my god, I'm blinking in the Marvel movies. Gets his eye scratched by a cat. Oh, I was just gonna say, as soon as you said space cat, I thought of Captain Marvel. Yeah, and I'm like, how great was the cat? Have, and like, Saw yeah. could have literally so been great. playing with the space cat and sneeze, scare the cat, eats his leg, and you know, there he goes. Alex trying to keep us go. on track, making ridiculous cat stories up. Um, <laughs> um, gameplay, gameplay looked really cool. I liked that the lightsabers basically killed enemies in one slash. Like it should. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, like it should. Uh, because like all other Star Wars games, it's kind of been like, like a beat 'em up where you're like after five slashes, it finally gets through the like yeah. pants. So, but in this also, it seemed like uh, it's funny because people who watched the gameplay were kind of like, 
Uh, it looks kind of boring and slow. It doesn't look very hard. Do they but play then, video games? Do they understand what a 15-minute shot of the video games can look like? I know. But then again, like uh, people who actually got to play it said that it's actually really hard, and they weren't kidding that the guy who played the gameplay on stage was really good because he just made it look easy. Mm, mm. Basically, sure he's been like they were playing it. it, and they were like, this is actually kind of yeah. tough. Like, it, it it's, uh, it's not forgiving. But I like the whole, like... That's another thing that Star Wars games have never quite gotten right, and what made me really excited. It was when they're fighting the uh, shock trooper or whatever they're called. Uh, oh, the purge troopers. You're like, yeah, the purge trooper. That's the one. They're they're like parrying all the blows and stuff, and I'm like, yes, this is yeah. like th- this is cool. Like I I like the parrying and the I like the uh, blocking the blaster bolts. I like that you basically get to use that Kylo power. You're like freezing the bolts. Yeah. And stuff. I saw saw a couple people in the office were like, like, that's weird. That's new. I was like, it's literally in Force Awakens. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like, we're just getting that Kylo power. Speaking of that, which I think is interesting when you compare it to Force Unleashed, like our other kind of modern single player story game. um, This one looks decidedly canon to me. I don't know how your feelings on it. Did they announce whether or not it is? It is. Okay. All of the all of the games going forward, unless it's like Lego, basically. Our, our, our five-minute so, timeline has, has reached it. We hit the five-minute <laughs> I, I told you, you guys was. can go. We can go all on this right. for like nine hours because there's a ton of stuff. But okay, just real quick, two more things. There's a little robot that gets to ride around on your back, which is amazing. BD one. So that's great. And also, yeah, no other thoughts other than I'm excited to have a canon video game. I, I, I think just by seeing Saw Gerrera, I think they kind of, that was a wink to that. Like, you know, this might have content that is important to know, which I appreciate. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to toss one thing in real quick, too. Um, I love looking at the Inquisitor outfits, and I love the Seven Sister, but the Second Sister's outfit is a little cooler with that really cool, like, side cape. Like, it is damn, cool. That's cool. And I'm, and I. You mean Barris? Oh. Yeah, exactly. I I, uh, <laughs> I saw that uh, Alex from Star Wars Explained asked some of the people, like, is it Barris? And they were like, no, it's not Barris. And I'm like, they're just saying that. <laughs> it's, it's Ezra DJ all over again. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm, the, I'm I will believe it's not Barris when the helmet comes off and I don't see Barris. Yeah, gonna, like, oh, you know what? We should make buttons that say your second sister theory sucks, like the Snoke theory sucks <laughs> buttons because no oh, one nice. got that one right. The only problem is those buttons will become irrelevant in like a couple months. <laughs> yeah, five months. <laughs> I will. Four and a half I, months. That's like the. I I love how Star Wars continues to to surprise us and make us happy even when it isn't our expectations. It's something we couldn't have even thought of. But that will be one that I would not be bummed if I guessed ahead of time. It would just be so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a heads up. Like I I, I don't like it when when. Uh, people try really hard to just subvert expectations. It's like sometimes, sometimes, you know, because I guessed something doesn't mean it's bad. No. Like, you know. That, I mean, that's a huge thing about storytelling too, is like, gosh, the after, after M. Nights, we could go on a whole fucking different, sorry. Like, I'm halfway through Master and Apprentice and I'm pretty sure I know how it's going to end. And that's good storytelling. It's not, sometimes you want, and that's in TV too, you don't want to completely yeah. subvert expectations so that when the but I'm not, end comes, the audience yeah, but is like, I'm not what? like, but I'm not like, oh man, I could see this coming from a mile away. I, I'm kind of like, oh, that's cool. No. <laughs> like, stuff. at the point I'm at, I, because 
for so much of the book, like at least the first half, it's not really clear what the plot is. Mm. It's just a lot of like little things going on. And then I got to the, basically the halfway point and uh, and now it's like, oh, okay. Now we're, we're here, we're in it now. And so I'm like, all right, I actually kind of think I know where this is going, yeah. but that's fine. Like I'm, I'm enjoying but it. So it, it doesn't we matter. We have more Jedi Fallen Order news to come. Sorry, thanks, 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 we Alex. Do. thanks Alex. Uh, going off of that, in Marvel's uh, unending war to fill the shelves with only their books, <laughs> uh, Jedi Fallen Order Dark Temple is a comic series that is going to start, I think, around the time the game comes out. Anyway, there's a there's a synopsis. We'll read it really quick. It says, In a story set prior to the events of the upcoming video game, Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order, <laughs> two Jedi will find themselves in a battle for their lives. Uh, Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order dash Dark Temple. <laughs> a five... A five. I'm saying this joke, and I'll tell. I'll tell the. I'll tell the story after. But a five-issue mini Marvel series that will lead into the highly anticipated game from Respawn Entertainment and Lucasfilm was revealed today. Written by Matthew Rosenberg, who worked on Uncanny X-Men and The Punisher, and illustrated by Paolo uh, Via Vianelli. I'm just gonna assume. Sure. Vader, who worked on Vader: Dark Visions. Uh, the tale follows Jedi Master Inu uh, Kadorva. And his impulsive Padawan, aren't they all? Siri Junda, <laughs> on a seemingly simple mission that becomes much more dangerous. Da, da, da. Um, and that goes on and on and on from there. But yeah, uh, cool. Cover art looks good. <laughs> I guess I have to buy this. Cover art looks great. Looks great. Love. Cover art does look they seem, chica. They seem to be pretty like calm for all these laser blasts that are aimed right at their faces good observation <laughs> yeah. just saying like yes. they're all like oh this this is just light they're like this is nothing kind of bored yeah yeah but so her, her braid is rad yeah that's a thick braid it is. yes <laughs> it is it looks pretty fun. cool yeah hopefully it adds like something uh i love that they do this substantive subs su- whatever that word Stuff. is Substantive stuff. Yeah. Substantive. Sub, sub, Substantive. To the storyline. Awesome. All right. Uh, we have D23 news. Ba-ba-da-ba. Isn't that exciting? And so if you thought An your look. wallet's hurt with all the other news about spending money, here's more <laughs> yeah. money you're going to spend. Oh, no. I love this jacket. An advanced look at the limited edition merchandise for D23 Expo. So I'm trying to find like the Star Wars stuff. So there's this nine... Is it a button-up or a jacket? This is a jacket, I believe, that is yeah. based off of the Episode 90 crew jacket. So those are always super so cool. cool. <laughs> and the best part about these items that we're seeing, um, the D23.com website has all these things. They put a giant list of all the stuff. So it's Disney, Marvel, and all the fun stuff. It's a preview of what's coming out. But the hard part is that these are the stores that you're going to have to wait in line overnight or at least four hours during the day just to get in there. It's going to be like the celebration <gasps> store. Oh, wait, hold yeah. up. Did we ever mention that, I don't know, is it over, that the celebration material became available online for people yeah, who Yeah, I think it's over yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and th- yeah, that Oops. got buried really in my like <laughs> spam folder. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. But maybe they'll do a similar thing for this. Fingers Just, crossed. Who knows? If, yeah. If standing in line for four hours seems like a terrible idea. So, I know that we're not a Disney podcast, but... The one thing I saw in here that I'm like, I really want this. And by the way, you guys can go. Go- We're not going to go through everything. So you can Google uh, 
the merch and not all of it has been revealed yet we only Um, have preview the one thing that i was like all right 100 percent getting this it is the 90th anniversary of the silly symphonies the the and they're releasing a bunch of stuff yeah uh, and there's a there's a skeleton dance mug and i was like yep buying it this is happening. So if you're going to get in line for four hours, I'm going to give you uh, $69.95 for this crew jacket because I don't want to stand <laughs> I was going to say sixty nine ninety five, not a too. penny more. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you might be doing some errands for me. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how well, that goes. Becky, we'll see you what heard happens. Josh I know say that, he's going to uh, get in line celebration, for the month, so we don't have to. I know that at, we don't. But I know at Celebration that the line on the first day was bad, and then every other day it was like not that so bad. So D23 is a different beast because there's the Disney store, there's the Dream store, and then there is the Mickey the Glendale store that all sell different things, all exclusives. Ugh. You get in line or you try to get in line to get a store pass to try to get in mm-hmm. line later. So I'm hoping that that is, you, we had the experience that you guys had at Celebration this year with no line because I want some of this. Why can't stuff. they just let me give them right? money? Like why, <laughs> why do they got to make it so hard? Like I, uh, I just today too, thank God, by the way, Famous Monsters of Filmland, they are legit. <laughs> so they're doing it. They do Comic Con exclusives, uh, like covers and stuff for mm. like a like a mini issue. But you don't have to go to Comic Con to nice. get it. I literally pre-ordered it, and they're just mailing it to my house. There you go. I'm like, that's. I'm like, just let me give you money. <laughs> like, don't make me go through all this crap. Like, I just want to give you money, right? There you go. So thanks, Famous Monsters of Filmland. I appreciate it. Um. But yeah, D twenty three stuff. You can look it up. There's a there's a there's we a should ton. be getting the full uh, list about a and, month before, and you are definitely going to see more Star Wars. So next so month, next, sometime, sometime next middle month, of next yeah, month, we'll be seeing a full list yeah. from all the stores. All right. Um. Before this next story, shout out to my friend uh, Caroline who works over at Limited Run. Hi, Caroline. Hello. Uh, limited run games to release Star Wars and Monkey Island classics from Lucasfilm. This was, by the way, the best worst news I ever could have gotten <laughs> yeah. this month. Yeah. Uh, the best news because, oh my god, this is cool that they're re-releasing collector's editions of classic Star Wars games. But the worst news in that I have to buy all these now. Did they say what they're going to be priced at? Uh... No, but the limited run stuff is not usually super expensive. It depends on what it is. Okay. Um, normally, like I actually pre-ordered the Psychonauts for PS4 from them, and it was thirty dollars. Okay. So what's coming out in well, this limited release run? All right. A so, lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot. So they released a video on Twitter that's mostly just black, and then it cuts to a bunch of game titles. I'm trying to skip to, because there's all of the game footage. Okay, oh, hang on. Found it. So they got, so they got Star Wars, whatever that means. Empire Strikes Back. I'm thinking these are the NES, NES games because one Boy. of those is coming up. Uh, X-wing, Rebel Assault One and Two, Tie Fighter, Dark Forces, Shadows of the Empire, Jedi Knight, Dark Forces Two, Episode One, Racer, Bounty Hunter, Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast, Racer Revenge, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. And I think that's it. How many of these yeah, do you already all. own, Josh? Um, a good portion of them, actually. Uh, so they're they're not doing these all at once. Oh, that's good. Um, uh, they have a they have a actually have a list here, so we can go. Th- so Curse of Monkey Island is a game I absolutely love, by the way. 
I might actually buy one of these for like a Christmas present for a friend of mine because he like loves that game so much. And he always talked about how he wanted a box copy one day. Now I can get him a repro. Oh. It's not um, the same, Josh. Monkey Island 2 special. It's <laughs> Yeah, but it's like new and shiny, you know. It's better. It's, I mean, come on. That depends on who you ask. I mean, depends for gameplay reasons. Do you want reasons. the original or do you just want the thing? Sometimes right? you just want the yeah. thing. Even a bootleg is okay. So yeah, they're doing Star Wars for the NES and Game Boy, which is funny because... Uh, Star Wars for the Game Boy, the non-greatest hits edition, is worth, like, hundreds of dollars if you can find it in box. And, Alex, I think you remember, we I saw you it did. at Celebration. It was $200, and I was oh, like, damn yeah. it. No, was it Celebration <laughs> or was it um, Comic-Con? It was Comic-Con. No, celebra- was it was it? Celebration because there was that one booth that had, like, three or four games that I did not own, and I was like, oh, Didn't my he, God. Was that the same like, guy that had all the old books, too? I think it was with the really cool models. He yeah. had some books, yeah, I think so. But uh, well, not the Goodwill stand, but there was a there was a guy that had a bunch of video games, and I bought uh, posters in the way I can't see it. But I bought like a couple boxed, um, like I bought a ga- like Star Wars game for Game Gear yeah. and stuff like in box and a couple other things. Um, so they're doing Star Wars for the NES and Game Boy, Star Wars Bounty Hunter, Dark Forces for PC. Episode 1 Podracer for PC and N64. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back for NES and Game Boy. Star Wars Jedi Knight for PC. Je- all the Okay, so Jedi Knight, Jedi Knight 2, and Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy are all for PC. Racer Revenge for PS4. Rebel Assault for PC. Shadows of the Empire for PC and N64. TIE Fighter for PC and X-Wing PC. And when I say, like, NES, I, I mean it. Like, they're actually going to give you an NES cartridge. That's legit. Um... They, w- they are marked as limited run, so like they're not like... You can't you know, mistake them for the originals. They, yeah, they can't mistake them for that, and also if they did that, if you owned those, you could sue them for uh, lowering the... Uh, yeah, Hasbro's doing the same thing yeah. with the vintage figures right now. Like, they're clearly marked that exactly. they're not the originals. They have to, yeah, they have to clearly mark. This is not an original Kenner, yeah. like, basically. Um, and there's a, there's a really interesting video... That all that I should send you sometime, Alex, about the Black Lotus and magic and why they've never reprinted it. Oh, I've watched it's it. About... <laughs> it's like, no, oh, it's that, like twenty-five well, yeah. minutes so long. They talk yeah. about, they talk about, they talk about literally how they, they can't, they legally cannot reprint it at this point because they're worth like upwards of thirty grand each, and so like, people who own them would could sue wizards of the coast basically for like millions of dollars if they ever reprint them. So so aside from Jedi Fallen Order. Aside from these vintage games, we still have two more video game stories this week. I know. I, before we move on, though, real quick, they are releasing the first two games um, next week. June 28th, you're going to be able to... You have to pre-order them, by the way. So the way Limited Run works is they open up a window for about a week, and then they take all of the orders, and then that's it. Like... They, if 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 three thousand five hundred and seventy six people pre-order it, that's how many get made, and then and they're done. So like, if you want these, you need to be on top of it. Like you need to you need to follow Limited Run. You need to go to their website, and like make sure you put in your or your pre-orders because they will go away. And they are collectors' items because they do not reprint stuff. They do it once and then it's done. So they're gonna do Star Wars Bounty Hunter for PlayStation Four. And then they are doing, I believe, um, Star Wars on the NES. 
uh, are both are both next week, cool. basically. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and some of them will be collector's editions, so they will be slightly more expensive, but it means they're going to come with a bunch of stuff, like extra stuff. Um, and also stay tuned to our YouTube channel because we'll do some we'll do some unboxing unboxings and openings and showing off of the things and stuff. So it'll be real cool. All right, moving on. More video games. I'm sorry, Alex. Hey, no, hey, they they decided these two weeks let's drop a bunch of video game stuff. But honestly, the last story is the one that I'm really excited about because that one I have memories. So let's let's hit this next story. Yeah. All right, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga covers nine movies in one game. Yes. Though what's cool about this, though, and from what it was not apparent in the trailer, yeah, was that this is, like, super different than, like, a normal Lego game. Like, it's very much involved. It's very, like, third-person. There's third-person shooter aspects to it and a bunch of other stuff. And I was like, this all sounds dope. Yeah, so, I thought at first that this was just going to be like what they've done for every time there's a new movie comes yeah, out. Yeah, for the last 20 just years, just basically. sticking the, all, them all together and reselling them to you. But this actually looks like something they've decided to take the time to, to craft separately, yeah. which is so They great. basically have built, rebuilt the movies from the ground up in this like new engine that they're made they, this game i guess is going to be the first in their like new lego engine i love that we get all the fancy um, new things for star wars i know <laughs> um i'm not usually into the lego games i own a bunch oh of them, i love them they're so much fun they're so fun when you become so a fun. true I'm play, jedi i'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. for sure I'm for sure going to play this I get, one. just real quick, I get really stressed out because I go for, like, True Jedi or whatever that is to, like, collect all the the little bits. The single like, bricks, Like, all my yeah. first runs. So I'm just, like, beating up every potted plant, and it's very stressful, and I need to just do a full playthrough. These are personal problems. Anyway, continue. No, I, I'm the same <laughs> way. I always want to hit it so the whole thing is, like, that pulsating gold and black thing. Yeah! And I'm like, yes. And then I realize, oh, my God, it's been half an hour, and I haven't even gotten to the boss yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's all right. We have I have so many of these games. We we are ripe for let's plays. Yes, soon. Yes. Again, Alex, we need to just like you need to bring Megan over. Megan and and Nicole go do whatever they're gonna do, and then we'll just make videos. So this day. women, we'll am have, I right? No. So our last story, I this is one of those. There's like, oh, I could buy a whole new console, or I could buy this. Oh yeah. man, this thing. This thing. This is cool. This is legit. I don't have five hundred dollars, nor do I have the room. And I wait. It's only five hundred dollars. That's actually not that bad. It's it only five hundred dollars. Yeah. Five hundred dollars. So it'll be four hundred ninety nine ninety nine. No, it's gonna be there. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah, it's the retail Tax, is four hundred ninety nine dollars. Anyway, uh, Arcade One Up, which I assume is a company. I, I think they're a company that re-releases a lot of these because they they sell. They've sold other ones in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are basically like collections of games. Yeah, they've done Marvel. Tindy, they are Tindy, selling. Tindy yeah, the classic Star Wars Atari games uh, are are all being combined into one yes. cabinet. Uh, and yeah, it's five hundred dollars. You get a full arcade cabinet that's new, built you know from the ground up, like the old ones. It's not a sit down. I don't know if you guys have seen it, yeah. but the actual original. Star Wars arcade game when they first printed them at you actually sat in like that's a the one that I played mm. we found one at the flea market when I was a yeah. kid and we would go every weekend <sighs> and I dropped tons of quarters until I destroyed the Death Star. yeah yeah um so you used to play it like that uh but then they eventually released a cheaper version that was just a stand-up that has like the the uh the the, the like kind of 
flight stick wheel thing yeah. on it. And then they, they basically did that over and over again for all three of these games. So you have all three of them in one stand-up unit, which I, uh, I played at Rancho Obi-Wan yeah. when we went. They had that stand-up unit. Yeah, the original one. So uh, this is cool. I don't have room, and I, I, I can't go collecting arcade games. There's so many Star Wars arcade games. Like, unless I was a millionaire and had a big house, there's no way I could but justify But this isn't that. just one game not just two you get three games it's in three one. games in one yeah i know 99 and is available this november in time for christmas i just yeah i just know that like there's a lot of there's a lot of star wars arcade yeah. games and I, I can't be doing that real quick unrelated Although, the other news in this i just think is really cool and i would love to have the cocktail table with the 12 original games like that sounds freaking rad as well it does mm-hmm. it really does all these all these throwback things that you know they're they're simpler games, like you know, story-wise and everything. But they're so uh, much fun. My dad and I, my dad and I built a Mame cabinet that he still has, oh, like back in the day. Really it's special. not as hard as it sounds. You literally you build an arcade cabinet, you order the buttons online, and then you like you know you build the the thing, and then you put a like a flat screen vertically in a inside of it, and then you just hook up a computer or like a Raspberry Pi on the inside, and you just. And you can play arcade games. <laughs> Looks like we have a new craft it's project. It's cheaper next too. Year. Oh wait, no, we have to spend celebration. We can do it. I, my dad's got all the equipment. I'd just be like, Dad, Alex and I need to build a main now, cabinet in your garage. Gotta, he'd probably be. He'd probably be. We got to build the one you sit in, though. You know? <laughs> hey, you just buy like a chair, like a like a car chair. You know. Oh man. But yeah, this is this is a very heavy video game news. But they literally yes. dropped this all at the same well, time. Well, E3 happened. Yeah, that's E3 why. Happened. So, um, so <sighs> I went ahead and clicked the creature of the week, and I'm like traumatized for life. So we need to move on. And get to that. <laughs> I know. Uh, I hope you, I thought <laughs> let's you guys do it. Would let's like get on to creature of the week. <laughs> yes, this is weird. They want no wonder. I thought this felt bad on the outside. All right, I'm gonna be honest. If you if you had told me ahead of time that this was the name of a creature in Star Wars, I would have said you're pulling my leg. This is gonna be my next cosplay for Celebration, and no one but like one guy's gonna get no it. No one will get it. There'll be one That'll guy. Be you. I mean, Actually, no, like, it'll be you and Becky because you will be the only ones that you know have reviewed this thing in like the past twenty years. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the Star Weird. <laughs> one word, Star Weird. Yeah, all one word. Star Weirds were a species of incorporeal incorpor- humanoids found only in space. Tall and gaunt, they possessed long, sharp talons, oh. wild white hair, and glowing eyes. Oh. The creatures appeared to spacers repairing their starships in space or aboard vessels traveling through hyperspace. A star weird would choose a target and, after being spotted, emit a telepathic scream that caused fear in most individuals. Oh the star, the star weird would then attack its victims. Star weirds were powerful creatures capable of using the Force and held a strong hatred for Force users, Ooh. leaving some Jedi to believe that they were apparitions created by the dark side of the Force. Ooh. During the time of the first conflict fought between the Galactic Republic and the reconstituted Sith Empire. Legends, Jedi Master, legends, legends, legends. This is all legends, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Jedi Master... We, we, Wyatt? 
Wylet? Sure. Saved his Padawan Zerender and many members of the Jedi Council from a famous Star Weird known as Star, Star known as the Star Weird Queen. I am clicking this. There's, There's no, no picture. picture. Where was this from? Boo! Uh, the Old Republic first mentioned. Was this the So this is based off of the um, the Ultimate Adversaries book from 2004 the source book for the Wizards of the Coast revised uh, Star Wars role playing game. So this is just. So it hasn't the... even been in a comic or anything. Nope. This is just. They're mentioned in the MMO, The Old yeah. Republic, but that's it. Okay. So this is one of those weird like, ones that they're like, "We got to put this in. Let's do it." Weird. <laughs> so for those of you who are not googling this immediately, you should. Um, the 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 body is like brown <laughs> and long and like a skeleton, but kind of like a Chewbacca furry skeleton. It's horrifying. It's like the guy it's like all the guts are gone and the skin is just dangling from the bones mm. See, and, and this is one of those weird things that if they wanted to do a like horror series for star wars this, yes. this is like your episode one right here i'm surprised this wasn't on your weirdest things in star wars thing i hadn't discovered it yet i've discovered a <laughs> whole new dark section of star wars <laughs> do you just type in random words into wikipedia and Actually, find kind of, weird yeah. creatures <laughs> yeah, I, I, so if you go to Wikipedia and you go to Creatures of Unspecified Biology, there's a whole <laughs> list of just fun stuff, which I will I will get into some of these later on, but these are definitely some Creatures of the Week from our, our upcoming episodes. Like, uh, I wanted to actually talk a little bit about some of the video stuff that Alex and I have planned for the future. Uh, we're doing it. We're going to do a couple, like, card game things uh, very soon that I'm really excited about. Uh, we bought a start a, a sealed starter set uh, for one of the original Star Wars TCGs that was in like the early 2000s. Sealed, got it for 12 bucks. Nice. <laughs> they don't make this game anymore. Um, but I did find out there is actually a uh, uh, a group that took over development of the game when Wizards of the Coast stopped making it. And they, to this day, still make new cards. And they have meetups at conventions where they have tournaments and you play. And they have instructions on the site on, like, how to print these cards out to make them, like, legit cards. They're like, get this specific card stock. We're going to have to get in contact with these people. Print it at this DPI and all that. Yeah, I want to do it. Because they basically what they've been doing is, like, making expansions based on comic series and video games that come out and lately with all of the disney films they've basically been doing a new expansion for every film so the last one they did was the last jedi expansion um and then they have some other stuff and like i want to interview them at some point we'll find you talk about what it's like what it's like to develop a dead game you know and like keep it alive uh another thing we did uh, speaking of dead card games (laughs) we found out that there's a game Alex used to play called Young oh, Jedi, I that game. and it only lasted a year. Uh, and it's only prequels. It's only prequel stuff. And so, at least that's what I that's what I've read is it's only prequel stuff. We bought a booster box for well, it on, on Amazon let's, for twenty bucks. It's not only prequel stuff. It's only the Phantom Menace, and never got beyond that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. it's only <laughs> Phantom Menace. I have a um, holographic Gardula the Hut card. Like that's how weird it got. Nice. Yeah, it's probably worth nice. a cool $4. Not, yeah, seriously. <laughs> eBay. Um, we bought a whole booster box sealed 
uh, we're gonna do a video opening that. There's just something I've always wanted to do. It's kind of dorky. I've always wanted to open a whole booster box of like cards, and so we're gonna do this for this dead game. And then we're at some point we're gonna play it. But yeah, we're we're excited. Hopefully in the next like two weeks we can figure out a day to like do yeah. some of this. But I'm excited to actually uh, to do it. Um, well, with that, are we ready to wrap up? I think we're, so. We all good I think to go. So. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Anyway, if you'd like to follow me personally on Twitter, you can do so at the Jawa Josh. And like we've said before, all of the episodes are now on our YouTube channel. We don't actually have a link, like a custom link yet, because um, we need more people to subscribe. Yeah, people. But you can search for the episodes on YouTube and you'll find it. And please give us a, 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 a sub. And then if you follow us on Twitter, we post links to the YouTube versions as well as the site versions and the direct MP3 download and all that good stuff. And where can the folks find you? I am on the Twitters at Rebecca June Lane. And uh, our official Twitter is at LTA underscore radio. I don't want you to find me on Instagram. Instead, just go to our podcast instagram page at lta underscore radio and facebook.com slash long time ago radio um we're gonna post d23 pictures uh pictures of these unboxing things you know all the fun that we're gonna have with this gardula the hut card on our facebook so you can join us with that should be fun and please please post a picture of the star weird for everyone to be horrified oh i'm gonna post me. it like at 11 o'clock at night so that's the first thing you see when you wake up or the last <laughs> thing you see when you go to bed because it's, it's like what you may have missed on Twitter. Yeah, it's literally going to be that. We're going to spam the world with Star Weirds. <laughs> Two quick things. One Star Wars related, one not. Um, did you hear about Steven Spielberg's creating a series that you can only watch after dark? Which is no, yes. awesome. awesome. Right? Uh, that's one thing that just reminded me about that with your 11 o'clock post. Uh, number two, Michelle C. Smith, uh, Daisy Ridley stunt double. Uh, I just saw uh, th- something you liked josh of her oh yeah again twirling that lightsaber like it's uh, it doesn't even look real to me she's doing it better than you could do it in a freaking animated show so go check her out on on the she's incredible she's freaking great that's all i'm done yeah uh that's gonna do it may the force be with you goodbye everybody bye hashtag make the star weird canon let's make a trend (laughs) 